From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Demers. Today on the show, Stepin is attacked. We have some big layoffs and angry people in crypto. Also, lots of scams and hacks. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Good morning, 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 good morning. Monday, June 6, 2022. I hope everybody had a great weekend. What did I do? I went down to another rib cook-off. Actually, I don't know if I told you about the other rib cook-off. So there's one over here in my county, which is Cuyahoga County. And then over the weekend, there was another one in Wayne County. So I went down there and ate some ribs. I actually saw some of the same booths and stands or vendors as up here. Met people, shook hands, told them about our campaign for Congress. It was just a great day. And then yesterday, there was the Cuyahoga County Democratic Dinner. Went over there, met a lot of people, ate food. It was a very busy, eventful weekend. I had a very good time. Things are just going to get busier for here for me. So the podcasts are going to come out a little bit earlier than usual because, well, actually, I'm going to try to get out by 9 o'clock so I can wake up, wake up at 5, hit in the gym, eating breakfast, doing the podcast, and then straight on to the campaign trail. Anyway, let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And the time is 8.16 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin up 5.8% in 24, sitting at $31,409. Ethereum's at $1,910, up 7% in 24. Teller's number 3, USDC's number 4, and Binance is at 307, up 3.6%. Running off the top 10, we have Cardano, which is booming, up 12%. XRP, number 7. BUSD, 8. Solana is 9, up also 12%. And Doge is number 10. The total market cap of the crypto space is at $1.29 trillion, which is up 5%. And we have BTC dominance of 46.4% and an F dominance of 17.9. And now it's time for Coin of the Day. Our Coin of the Day today is BitTorrent New BTT. Its price is, I'm not even going to tell you the price because it's so damn cheap. Uh, there's too many zeros for you to even pay attention. Let's just say lots of zeros and a 1-1 one, one at the end. But it's up 5% in 24. Its market cap is $1 billion. Fully diluted market cap is 1.1 billion. BTT's all-time high was set five months ago, January 18th, 2022. It's down 63% from there. Again, there's a lot of zeros and a three then. So I'm not going to read you all the zeros. I think there's five zeros, maybe six, five zeros. Yes, it's officially five zeros. And its all-time low was 25 days ago, May 12th. And it's up 12% since then. And I think there's six zeros ahead of that. You can buy it on Huobi, Gate.io with its new logo. KuCoin, Binance, Poloniex, and there you have it. So what is BitTorrent new? BitTorrent is a popular peer-to-peer P2P file sharing and torrent platform, which has become increasingly decentralized in recent years. It originally released in 2001. We all know BitTorrent, don't we? And it was purchased by blockchain platform Tron in 2018. 
Since its acquisition, BitTorrent has added various new tools with dedicated and native currency token BTT released in February of 2019. BTT launched on Tron's own blockchain, it's a TRC-10 standard. According to its official literature, BitTorrent is currently the largest decentralized P2P communications protocol in the world. And there you have it, you have BitTorrent New, which I didn't know was purchased by Tron. Huh, interesting. Ticker BTT, ranked number 57 on CoinMarketCap. Moving into today's headlines. Stepin, we heard this on the show before a couple months ago, but Stepin is a move-to-earn app where users are rewarded for moving outdoors. So you buy a Solana-based NFT, it's like a shoe, I think, a sneaker, a tennis shoe, or whatever, some kind of different style. And then once you have it, you can earn tokens while running or walking. Well, over the weekend or over the past couple days, they were hit with a DDoS attack or a denial-of-service attacks. And this is like the third occurrence in many months. They've tweeted this. We have been under multiple DDoS attacks in the past hours. Securing the servers and recovery may take anywhere from 1 to 12 hours. In another tweet, they said, We recommend you take some rest during this maintenance, or otherwise the workouts may not be recorded. Our engineers are working hard to fix the problem. These hackers seem pretty diligent, pretty hell-bent on bringing down this app because they've had DDoS attacks in April and May, and, well, now we have one in June. So... I was kind of curious about Steppen, you know, after everything that happened with with Terra, I've been kind of going through people's white paper. So I picked up Steppen because it's popular and I went through the white paper and I want to know about the tokenomics. I want to know what you guys think. If you guys want to, you know, put a little due diligence into this and send me an email about what you think about the tokenomics or the economics of Steppen, Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. But here's what I see. I see that you mint a shoe and then that money goes into some kind of pool. That pool then gets put into a token. And when people move their body, either they run or walk, those tokens get sent to you. So you earn tokens by running or walking. It doesn't say what it does with your data, and it doesn't say anything else about how it's getting paid or making revenue. Besides people buying the NFTs and people investing or speculating in the token. And But there is one more aspect to this. They have a burn rate. So they're going to start burning stuff in in order to reduce the supply. So it seems as though people will buy the NFT, buy the tokens, the tokens will be paid out to the people. And in, unless there's an overflow of people wanting or an over demand of people wanting the token, which raises the prices, they're going to try to burn the token to keep the price either steady or raise the price. Because, you know, less supply and the same market cap will make the price of the individual token go up. So... I don't see any revenue stream here or any kind of mention of how they're actually going to make this sustainable. And in all fairness, I didn't spend too much time in it. I just popped open their white paper and see what they said on their white paper. Um, but I couldn't miss something. Let me know what you find. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. The co-founder of Board Ape Yacht Club is not too happy with Discord. And he made it very clear when he lashed out at Discord because his server was exploited. And its NFTs worth about... I don't know, 200 Ethereum apiece, or $360,000 that were stolen from users. And he said on Twitter, a chat app popular with the crypto community isn't working for Web3 communities. We need a better platform that puts security first. At OKHotshot replied, don't blame Discord for users getting socially engineered and having DMs open and clicking phishing links. Use the tool correctly first before blaming it. So basically what's happening is on Discord, there are scammers in there trying to convince people to click links and put in their probably uh, MetaMask IDs or passwords or private keys or what have you. And then they're just taking all of their NFTs and 
It's possible they have a board ape. If they're in a board ape Discord chat room or server, they probably have a board ape, or at least a mutant ape, or at least trying to have a board ape, and they have other NFTs. And so they're getting exploited. What do you think about this? Well, I have more to tell you about exploits in the space. More than 46,000 individuals have lost a combined total of $1 billion in crypto-related scams since the beginning of last year, according to the FTC. Approximately $680 million in fraud was reported in 2021, and some $329 million was reported just in the first quarter, according to a report released on Friday. Nearly half the people who reported losing crypto to a scam since 2021 said that it started with an ad, a post, a message on a social media platform. 70% of that total was Bitcoin, 10% was Tether, 9% was Ethereum, and there's you know other coins in there because it doesn't equal 100%, but most of it is Bitcoin. Nearly 4 out of every $10 reported lost to scams that originated on social media since 2021 was linked to crypto, with Facebook being the biggest culprit at 32% of the scams, Instagram 26, and WhatsApp 9. Individuals between 20 and 49 are three times as likely have reported being scammed compared to other age groups. But older individuals reported losing greater sums. The median amount for a victim in their 70s was $12,000. Be careful out there. And if this is a reoccurring thing of people losing a lot of money, do you think that there's some kind of liability or a blame on the social media networks to continue to allow this? Let me know. Matthew Aaron at Crypto.co. Snoop Dogg. I don't know why I just said that first, but anyway, you guys know that Snoop is into NFTs. Uh, he's pretty very much into NFTs. And he has a board ape, and he calls that board ape Dr. Bombay. No doubt he was uh, smoking some weed when he made that name. Well, he was probably smoking weed, made the name, and he was like, you know what? I'm hungry. And he probably likes to eat some sweet food because he called the Bored and Hungry, as you guys know, Bored and Hungry is a fast food joint in Los Angeles, and they made a fast food place based off of their NFT. Well, they're going to team with Snoop to bring the new NFT-themed restaurant to fruition. This new restaurant is going to be called the Dr. Bombay's Sweet Exploration, and it's an immersive retail dessert experience. It's going to be in Los Angeles. So if you smoke some weed and you have a Bored Ape, or if you don't... <laughs> You just need a place to get some munchies and or you have a sweet tooth after you, you know, take a couple of tokes. <laughs> Pop down to Dr. Bombay's Sweet Exploration, an immersive retail dessert experience when it opens. Popping over to Japan really quick. The Upper House of Japan's Parliament has just passed a landmark law clarifying the legal status of stablecoins, essentially defining them as digital money, says a report from Bloomberg. Under the new legislation, which will come into effect in 2023, stablecoins must be linked to the yen or other legal tender and guarantee holders the right to redeem them at face value. The bill also says that stablecoins can only be issued by licensed banks, registered money transfer agents, and trust companies, with the FSA reporting that regulations governing stablecoin issuers are to be introduced in the next coming months. So this seems pretty common sense to me. You have to be backed by the dollar, the yen, the euro, the won, the whatever. It's pretty common sense. Is there a slippery slope, however, forming? I mean, the dollar is backed by gold. Other currencies around the world were backed by gold. And so now these stable coins will be backed by these dollars or these fiat currencies. Dollar, yen, pound, whatever. Is it only a matter of time until they're not backed and they turn to another unbacked fiat currency? Hmm. And finally, here is the moral question of the week. As we all know, 
Coinbase had a pretty bad Q1, losing about 400 something million dollars. Actually, don't quote me on that. It's either down 400 something million or lost 400 something million. Anyway, it didn't meet expectations, let's just say that. And they were hiring a lot of people during that time. And then after they saw this earnings report, they were like, yeah, you know what? All those people that we offer jobs to, you don't have those jobs anymore. And a lot of people were really counting on those jobs because they either quit their jobs or planning to move or relying on this job for visas. Chung Wok An, who accepted his offer in February, said this. I am left speechless of the irresponsibility of Coinbase has shown in managing hires and helpless about my current situation. As an international student on an OPT visa, I have only 90 days left to find another position before I can no longer maintain the status. Another situation came from Adam Kopeck, where he tweeted, I was shocked to find out that Coinbase rescinded my IC7 product design accepted job offer after I already quit my job. This is a complex situation. Because when you have ebbs and flows, especially in a volatile, I guess, new emerging industry like crypto, you don't know where, where your company is going to be from one quarter to the next or one year to the next. And Coinbase has been around for 10 years. They kind of saw, saw two winters, but I'm going to say they actually saw one because even though they started uh, 10 years ago, uh, their Bitcoin wasn't that adopted. Their business wasn't that booming. But they really got booming around the 16, 17, 18. And they saw what happened after the height of Bitcoin in late 2017, 2018, all the altcoins and all that other stuff. And then they had to weather out 18, 19, 20, you know, going into 21 where we're at now. And so they've seen this cycle and they go, you know what? We just can't accept or pay all these people and keep this and keep this growth stage and can't keep being bullish during a bear. And so they're like, hey, I'm sorry, but we can't do this right now, actually, because we don't know what the future is going to be. And so I guess that's fiscally responsible to so their shareholders. They're a public company. And, well, they know what crypto can bring. Not only did they see the crypto space go through these cycles, they also saw the dot-com bubble. So there's a lot of precedent for the big swings of emerging tech. With that said, this is not the first time. I mean, I've been through it myself, and a lot of people who have worked in startups or newer companies or companies in uh, I guess a very volatile or very fast-moving industry. We, they've all seen layoffs. We've seen people go through growth stages and hire and expand super fast, and then cut half of their employees. <laughs> I mean, is that irresponsible of companies to grow like that and then just cut people? Or do you think that's what's necessary? Or you think that's just a market? Or do you think that they're? What do you think about that? I'm actually kind of I'm on the fence. I personally think that it is irresponsible. But at the same time, you have to adjust for the ebbs and flows of the market. Give me an idea what you think. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. However, let's just not talk about Coinbase. In Latin America, their exchanges are laying off people too. Mercado Bitcoin announced that it will lay off 12% of its workers. Bitso lays off 10%. And Buenbit lays off 45%. So let's just not point fingers at Coinbase. It looks as though the market is changing. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. I'll be back tomorrow. And until then, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>